Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's Josh and, and Carl. And Carl. Carl. Yeah. Uh, in the now, is it infamous? I'm not sure if it's infamous yet. Um, the location. You know, we're going to keep this spicy. We're going to okay. keep this exciting. Who knows where we'll be next? Yeah. After this series after is done. After this series. Well, there is a truck, a massive truck. Yeah. Big Saskatchewan truck. Yeah. Idling just, just over there. So... Yeah, uh, that'll be perhaps just a little background noise for you. Trucker hat. He's I'm got sure a is, the tires he's got a plaid huge. shirt. The tires are huge. Huge belt buckle. Yeah, and the he's, tires too. Just very Saskatchewan. I love Saskatchewan. So, I love Saskatchewan. I do too. I do too. I do too. There's no buts. There's I do too. No, I mean we're both not from here. That's true. So, so there's, there's I'm learning. I still learn things about Saskatchewan. Yeah, and so. folks from Saskatchewan won't brag about Saskatchewan. This is what I'm finding. Okay. They won't brag about Saskatchewan. It'll be like, yeah, we're just Saskatchewan. Just Saskatchewan. When there are so many amazing things here is. that, uh, you know, like people like you and me from coast to coast. Coast to coast. When oh, we nice. east, yeah. uh, east, west. East, west. And then true. when you come here, you're like, man, this is actually a good vibe. Yeah. And uh, the funny part about Saskatchewan is that people are like, we're just Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's... It's not not a big it deal. I, I I don't understand the, the thinking, yeah. but anyway, anyway, yeah. Saskatchewan's great. We love Saskatchewan. Big trucks and we're good to go. Okay, big trucks and country music. Big, yeah, it is true. It's a lot of country music. It is true. A little, little too much, but that's okay. No, that's that's fine. Is you're, it? We're, you're allowed to have your opinion. <laughs> okay, I'm the same. I, I believe it's so. okay. Anyway, although can I just add? Yeah. Sorry, my buddy who is actually a BC country singer. Yeah, plug. Just today found out that he has the number one single in the country. Oh, what's his name? Tyler Joe Miller. What's the song called? It's called uh, Pillow Talking. It's it's not a Christian song. No, come on. Song of Solomon? <laughs> it's There you go. I, I'm actually teaching a Bible so, class, just by okay. the way. I know this is a long okay. intro, but I'm teaching a Bible class okay. talking about the song, like going yeah. through the different books of the Bible. Yeah. And we get to the Song of Solomon. And, I, and this is my line. If you think Fifty Shades of Grey is scandalous. Oh. I said, nice. Song of Solomon. So that's good. Song that's of good. Songs. Okay. It's so, good. so what's his name again? Tyler Joe. Okay. It's called Pillow Talk. He just beat out Luke Combs. Wow. Or, or tied Luke Combs. Wow. I'm not sure. Number one. Number one today. So I'm so very cool. And that so country music in some cases then. Okay. And and I'll say this. You did shoot the video for this, right? Uh well, yes. Okay. Yeah. Go to YouTube. Well, okay. look up his name. What is it? Tyler Joe Miller. Tyler Joe Miller. Yeah. Pillow talking. Pillow talking. The video was shot by this guy. Yeah. All right. Um, I love that. Okay. Go check it out. YouTube. I mean, you're on YouTube probably right now. Go right. go check it out. Check after it out. This. That's yeah. great. Anyway. Anyway. So church. 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 <laughs> so yeah. here we are. Okay. Uh, we just finished Mother's Day. Yeah. And Aaron DeSantos, our, one of our global workers, yeah. w- spoke, did a great job. Yeah. Uh, I'm so thankful for her. Actually, I, I took my son. I took Luke to Primo Tapia a few years ago. Really? And uh, it, w- it, it, was a, it was an incredible experience. So to see her on the screen doing her thing was, was amazing. And so yeah. we love we love Erin. Uh, but she did talk about something very interesting. She did talk about uh, Exodus chapter two, where Moses, baby Moses, is put into a basket, thrown down the, the Nile River, I believe mm. it is, and uh, gets found by Pharaoh's daughter. Mm. And at the time, there's all kinds of uh, killing going on from Pharaoh towards the uh, the Israelites because they're just too many of them. Right. And Moses was on the chopping block, but his mom saved him and uh, sent him down the river in a basket. And Pharaoh's daughter finds him, 
and then asks, then his sister's following the basket along. Right. And then eventually they come to this conversation and he says, she says, well, I got to go find my mom. Uh, she can actually nurse, nurse uh, this baby. And for years, Moses is with his biological mother, but he's also Pharaoh's child. It's a very complicated, nuanced relationship, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But Aaron's, um, Aaron's whole thing was, uh, she had two points. One, that God is sovereign and his purposes are going to happen through the lives of people mm-hmm. and through circumstances, situations, all that kind of stuff. But then second, that we have to give God our yes to partner with him in what it is that he's doing. Interesting. Um, I thought it, I thought it was good. Yeah. So this creates a whole conversation piece that uh, that I think is important and good because yes, like I, I think theologically we all believe that God is sovereign. Yes. But how far does His sovereignty extend? And how much involvement do we have in the workings? Yeah. Right. Uh, and that was, I mean, that's, that was an interesting thought. Cause again, just, you know, historically uh, where, you know, Amanda and I have come theologically, um, you know, there are, there's a, there's a section of Christianity who yeah. would say that we have no control. We have nothing. Right. We have nothing. It is, it is expressed. The will of God is, you know, completely s- sovereign and we are basically, and they wouldn't use this word, but I mean, they're, we're, Pawns. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's that's harsh. That's harsh, but it's sort of like basically God uses us and we have very little to do with it. Yeah. Sure. If anything. Sure. So, I mean, that's interesting then. So then we, you know, hearing about, well, our yes, giving God our yes. Mm-hmm. So then, but then I'm like, well, then does, is that giving us too much Well, I, I'm coming from the exact opposite direction. Okay. So I'm coming from a tradition where it was all about your free will. Okay. Um, so literally it's, it's all on your shoulders. Right. And, uh, over the years, I think like what I've learned because, because I've hung out with a lot of guys from your, from your end of, of yeah. the thing. So, uh, guys from, uh, the gospel coalition, right. Reform theology. Yeah. There's a lot of incredible people that are amazing. Like love thinkers. Jesus. That time. love Jesus, yeah. that are so, uh, that literally influence us on a regular basis. So, yeah. guys like Tim Keller, yeah. uh, Pastor Marvin, literally quotes Tim Keller. I think every week, pretty much. <laughs> Keller's a Keller's yeah. a brilliant guy. Yeah. John Piper's John a brilliant Piper's guy. There are so many people yeah. from that camp that yeah. are brilliant and good. And then also from the other side of the camp, like guys like Scott McKnight, other theologians uh, are brilliant as well, and they mm. have all good stuff to say. So, who's right? Well, and this is the thing. I think this is how we do. This is how we do Christian Christian stuff all the time. When it comes down to doctrine, what we do is we say pick a camp, right? And when you pick a camp, we're like, well, you're either on one side or the other. This is basically how we are doing politics right now, and all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Um, if if you're on the opposite end, you're wrong. My camp is right. Your camp right. is right. And, and, la- and labels. I mean, again, it's labels. like left and right. Okay, well, if, you know, if you know someone's saying left or right, we're not talking, we're not going to get anywhere here, right? Exactly. So it's the same sort of, exactly. same. There's, this happens in theological circles too. All, all the time. Right. And so those two ideas, so Calvinism, Arminianism, just a quick brief history. Um, when, when those two things went at each other, those two camps went at each other, um, the way it was done was... N- it's, it's a poor way to do theological thinking hmm. when you're trying to defend 
your side and trying to bust out the other side. Uh, first of all, is that even Christian? Uh, right. No. Okay. Uh, you know, Paul, Apollos, it doesn't matter. Are they proclaiming Jesus? That's the point, First Corinthians, right? right. Um, and so this conversation about sovereignty, free will, I think like people have gone extremes with it and really both are true and it's it, we say this all the time hold them in tension it seems like that's a common answer here hold them yeah. in tension yeah hold them in tension and uh, so I think one the first point that Aaron made God is sovereign and he will use what he wants for his purposes okay. and who he wants for his purposes I say yeah that sounds familiar to me okay so that's familiar and and I, I think that's I think that's very accurate very good mm. I think it's. I think it for me anyway. Um, the more time I spent with guys from the reform camp, right? Um, I was able to move away from the extremism of extreme Arminianism mm-hmm. that that side into kind of like a middle ground where it's like, well, you know, God is sovereign, and He does use stuff for His glory, and He is doing things that um, that I might not necessarily know about or. No, I'm even participating in, yeah. but he's God yeah. and he can do literally whatever he wants. So, yeah. th- so that's amazing. That's great. Uh, but then the other point of giving him his, giving him our yes, um, I think that one's probably a little bit more complicated because uh, what is, what does it matter if we give him our yes? Right. And if we, then again, some my question is if we don't, then so was God like, oh, shoot, now you didn't give me, yeah. I, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Right? This was my plan. This is my plan. You said no. What do I do now? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, if if the first premise is true and that he's sovereign, mm-hmm. then what bearing does it actually have? What bearing does yes actually have? Mm-hmm. And, and again, so for the, the tension, like the, the sort of the wrestling for me is, is how much credit do we give ourselves for the work that God does then? Yeah. Because if he is totally sovereign, then he doesn't need us. Yeah. But then maybe there's something about him choosing us. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that goes back to the garden. Right. Like if he... Again, if he is completely sovereign, which he is, sure, he can just do everything he wants out of power. Right, he's sovereign. This he is, he this can is do what's whatever. happening. But right? again, like I think when you think about God, the Christian God, especially, I had a conversation with a guy today about this. Like when you look at the origins of of how things start, God doesn't create the world out of power he creates it out of love hmm. and and this is why theology is so important like we believe in a trinity father son holy spirit so compared to every other religion on the planet um, christianity is unique because it is monotheistic one god but three persons one god right and when you look at the way they create, all three of them are creating together. And so the love that they have for each other is what births the creation of humanity and of the world. Right. So out of love. 
Whereas when you look at other religions who are either monotheistic or um, or polytheistic, which means there's tons of gods, um, when you look at those religions, all of those are individual gods that are in and of themselves powerful. Right. So it's not out of the relationship that they have, even polytheistic religions, it's not out of the relationship they have with one another. Those gods are actually looking out for themselves. And mon- monotheistic gods that are just one well, what's the motivation to create? Right. It's not a longing for love. It's, I want to create, so I'm going to do it, right. which is power. So I think when you, you start there and say, look, like God does create out of love, and you see that he breathes life into human beings and gives us the ability to be responsible, to choose responsibility, to respond in responsibility, um, like he did with Adam. Look, there's one rule. Mm-hmm. Follow it. Okay. Um, and he gives him that moment, the choice to respond to that responsibility. Right. And Adam doesn't do it. Well, he doesn't reject him. He continues to love him. He covers him and all, all those other things. But... I think that's the tension point. Right. Okay. Is when you talk sovereignty, the automatic thing is this power hungry, angry God that can do whatever he wants. Without concern for without your, concern. Your well being for whatever. I'm just like, this is this is how it's happening. Exactly. Right. But when we talk about sovereignty, it's important that we couch it with the character of God that is caring and loving and has your best interest and my best interest at heart. Yeah. Like that changes the characteristic of sovereignty overall. And I think like you can get obsessive with both ends sure. because it's so easy to say over here, well, he's powerful. And if he's not powerful, well, who, who am I really following here? Exactly. And you can go over here. Well, he's got to be loving and caring and what kind of God would, would. That, right. And I think when you understand who God actually is, you can couch his sovereignty in care, concern, love, best interest for creation. His glory even is a a thing that's there, Mm -hmm. that's on the table. But in the end, that's what you're responding to. Right. Uh, Not to just some control freak narcissist. Okay. All right. So, so he doesn't, he doesn't need us. Doesn't need us. Then... Why does he want the our yes then? If we just, like if, if he's sovereign, but we know that his character sort of his character says more than just a power hungry mm-hmm. God. Then like if he doesn't need us though, why why would he ask for our yes? Why do you think he would ask for a yes? Well, I mean, and that's that's the challenge because I think it's easy. Again, going to the either end, it's easy to look at it like, well, I don't know why. Like, why doesn't, you know, he'd be just better off if he just did his thing and kind of pulled me whichever direction I need to go to make stuff happen. Um, so for me, I know it's certainly in the last, you know, processing these things over the last year or two or, or three, you know, it's uh, the, the thing, it, there must be something about the benefit to me mm-hmm. and my relationship with him mm-hmm. because 
obviously it's not I mean and again I think how we how we mess things up all the time it can't be for his benefit really like right. I mean, <laughs> no like if you, if you wanted it done right like would he actually use us anyway but I think that that's the that's the beauty of Christianity right right like every other religion demands almost perfect obedience and Christianity God knows we can't give perfect obedience and so it's not that he I think is saying to us like well you give it to me or else this is done I think the whole point of the yes is that it gives us an opportunity to learn more about him Mm. and to return glory to him yeah Right? Because I mean, like, when somebody does say yes in obedience to God for something, knowingly, unknowingly, by the way, yeah. the hindsight of that response is like, wow. Yeah. Look at what he did. Right. Because he uses people that don't know him to further his will. Sure. So, but they're not going to see the benefit no. that someone who is in a relationship with him and will, or, you know, you know, gives of themselves, they're not going to see the, the, the benefit that someone will and be like, look how he has worked. Look how he is working. Mm-hmm. And, um, and look how I'm a part of that. But see, somebody who's not a follower of Jesus, yeah. I think a lot of times God does that in his sovereignty to bring people to a knowledge of him. Mm. Right? Like, we'll use things in their lives. We'll do things in their lives so that it's a drawing close of them, which is very reform, very, uh, you know, God is drawing, He's drawing, yeah. drawing. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side of it, for followers of Jesus, people that do respond, uh, because now there's an awareness, once you're a follower of Jesus, that your whole life is, is about what God wants to do with you, that he does have purpose and, you know, he does want to use you for things. And, mm-hmm. and that's great. Like, I mean, the whole point of, uh, what is it? Ephesians chapter two, good works that he's prepared for us beforehand. Yeah. Like, okay, well there's stuff prepared for us to do. So your lens changes. It's like, now I can see that maybe this is an opportunity that God has given me. So, so I I think it's balancing those things out. There's that balance. My goodness. It keeps coming. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. And and the only reason why I say that is because I think, uh, for me personally, Mm um, I, I used to just be a very hateful person when with theology. Like I knew just enough to hurt people. Okay. And yeah. so f- so for me the extremism of it is you can actually get people really hurt by just being obsessive about a particular stance on things. Right. When if you can have a broader view around it and be open to well what is what is the beauty in that view? What's yeah. the beauty in this view? How do I merge those things so that I'm not just one-sided in my in my in the way that I think right. about this amazing God that I love, who the other side loves too? Right. Well, I find it because it's hard because if you go, I mean, even in the moment thinking about you know when I was when I was more to the one side, I I still struggled with. It's like I just you know what I can't in my head rationalize some of these things and I would just say you know what we just don't understand sure and so I would be like well you know I don't but you know I think sometimes yeah when you when you're in those places you have to you know either ignore or you have to there's there's ways you have to do something with 
with the things that don't make sense then too, right? Like, well, but he is this way still. He is totally, he is still sovereign or he is, he does seem to give us. We, we the, do the have choice. a responsibility to respond. Right. Right. Like, I mean, like we were predestined before the foundations of the earth. That's in the Bible. What are you going to do? Just erase it or skip over it every time? Like even, even if, so for a lot of people in, you know, evangelical churches, yeah. one of their favorite verses is Roman eight, Romans 8.28. Yeah. Right? So he works all things for the good of those who are, you know, love God and are called according to his purposes. Verse 29 is, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be made into the image of his son. What are you going to do with that? Like you can't, you can't separate one from the other. No, that's there. This is, this this is the subject of many Bible school late night. Oh, you know, oh. <laughs> so, because like, for, like, you're for, not no. lying. That's yeah, true. It's true. Because then it's like, well, but so by for, did he just know because he knows everything, or did he choose? And those are the, those are the, those are those yeah. are the those are the things people argue about for, for, for forever and ever. But why can't it be? Yeah. Yes, that is true. Yeah. And he's not willing that any should perish. Right. Yes, that is true that too. Is true too. Yeah, you put. Yeah, no, I mean, right? like uh, they're both true. So instead of fighting about it, why not see the beauty in it? You might have a, a lean towards something a right. little bit more. Yeah. But like even even the tradition that I'm from, I have like there are Facebook groups of people from the tradition that I'm from that will just lace people from other traditions. Yeah. And you're like, this is not helpful to anybody. And no. um, and at the end of it, like, yes, is God sovereign? Absolutely. Yeah. Do humans have a responsibility to respond or give him their yes? Yes. Yeah. And I think that leads to also, if you don't, does mm-hmm. that mess up your whole life? Yeah. And or God's plan. And or God's yeah. plan. And quite frankly, I'm not powerful enough to mess up God's plan. <laughs> right. I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so then, yeah, because that would be, you know, I know, you know, there's, there's, you could look at things where, you know, again, I've got these choices in front of me. I have to choose the right one because there is only one choice. Yeah. And if I don't make the right choice, yeah. you know, and then, you know, but then on the, on the other hand, you think that, you know, choices even, you know, thinking uh, in terms of God's will for our lives and the fact that if we're predestined for something or things are all predetermined yeah. and we make horrible wrong choices. Yeah. Does that mean God intended us to make horrible wrong choices in our lives? I would love for somebody to show me the theology of uh, calling. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like he's called me to this. Right. Like really yeah. what he has called people to is to love God and love people. Right. How you express that, that's the beauty of it, right? Like, think about um, the Sermon on, or not the Sermon on the the Great Commission. Yeah. Go into all the world and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I'm with you till the end of the age. Nicely done. Okay, great. Awesome. Does he tell you how? (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. He doesn't say how. He's not like... You know, you have to set up a training center. Right. Then you have to like baptize them in 32 degree water. Right. Then you have like, there's no how. Right. And when you look at the New Testament predominantly, pre-resurrection, post-resurrection, 
everything that Jesus says to his disciples, look at Acts 1, the whole thing about getting ready for uh, mission overall, at no point is he like, all right, guys, you, this is how I want you to do yeah. it. And this is like, there's no checklist. Yeah. It's literally, this This is what I want you to do. Yeah. I want you to make disciples. How you do that will be different for every individual no, person. That's, that's why it's a, we're still trying to figure it out as churches, as ministries. Totally. As, like, that didn't work or that's not happening or whatever. And I think, I think that's the beauty in it though too, right? Cause if there was a, if there was a prescription, then, you know, and think about how freeing that is for an individual. Yeah. Like that means that whatever is in front of you, whether you choose one thing or another, if you framed it with, I want to obey the words of Jesus, right. like make disciples. I want to, I want to, you know, live my life in some kind of holiness. Yeah. I want to, uh, you know, follow what he's commanding me to do. There might not be a, a specific package of it, but whatever you choose, as long as that, those are the guiding principles, you're going to be okay. Mm. Well, that's encouraging and freeing. Right? I think that's freeing. So like if people have a passion to do filmmaking or whatever, like the pressure sometimes to say, well, I want to do something big with my life for yeah, God. Right. So I'm going to become a pastor or missionary, or I have to, you know, have all my, all my eyes dotted and my T's crossed before I ever move into that. Yeah. That's not the point. Right. And I think we have to start saying to God, like, here's my life. Yeah. I'm following what you've commanded me to do. Yeah. And how I do that. Right. As long as it's not immoral. And contradict what you've told, what your what your word says. It's going to be okay, right? And then that's where the sovereignty takes over, mm-hmm. and he uses that according to his will, rather than I mean, again, because how are we even to know the length and depth and heights of of how you know we we think this little path we're taking is actually going to have impact in in the kingdom, right? Well, and that's why when people mess up, it's not the end. Hmm. Like we have this, we have this thing in our heads where if we mess up morally, ethically, whatever it is, that now we're blackballed and blacklisted. Interesting. And so we say, you know, well, I can't do anything for God. Look at what I did over here. Yeah. But if we really do believe that He is sovereign, yeah, and that He cares, and that we couch His sovereignty with the characteristics of who He is, right. that we know from the text, yeah, then. It doesn't matter if you've screwed up. Yeah, you still have something you can go forward with. No, that's that's good, and I mean, and obviously that's encouraging on an individual level, but it's also I think a challenge mm. to people who, when you're looking at other people and seeing totally. where they are. Um, in fact, there's a there's a lot going on right now in in uh, uh, the, the states regarding this and um, some news this past week, yeah. and um, one pastor came on Instagram this week and said, you know, the church as evangelicals were really good at theology, like theology at, yeah, the, yeah. at the theological. Sure. Uh, we're not good at the relational. And, and we, we, we find, we find that we just have this so much weight on the theological. It's, it's this is it. And we, and we end up pounding people to a pulp in terms of using our theology. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's encur- I think it's encouraging. It's encouraging where we are. It's also, a, you know, just a reminder to be gentle with your how, where you are in your theology too. Yes, right? theology can be used as a help and not as a cure, but 
as something that can actually lead to healing. Yeah. But if it's used the wrong way, it's a weapon. It's it a, can be used as a weapon, and it can hurt. Yeah, uh, and, there's, and yeah, there's and not only of, other people. Yeah, yourself. Right. Because if you have a bad way of thinking, it can yeah. actually hold you back from becoming what uh, what you need to be. Exactly. Well, um, we're gonna run out of time. So cool. uh, well, and the truck is still running, by the way. So 20, this, 20, 29 minutes, and it's still running. It's still running. But anyway, this is a good conversation. It is. Yeah, I'm glad. So I hope you were encouraged. Uh, have a great week. And remember, <laughs> well, remember everything we just said. Yeah, that's well, that's, yeah, well that and <laughs> I thought I was going to come up with some Mr. Rogers kind of <laughs> okay. thing, but uh, I'm not that nice. Just, so I couldn't. Okay. Just remember what we said. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't okay. do drugs. All right. Oh, See you later. Okay, bye.